This week on the podcast, we wrap up our semester, discuss the joys and pains of teaching synchronously online. Our guest is Philip Morales, a writer, director, producer, and Tim's cousin. Let's get to it. Uh, we started this podcast and uh, my kids are with me, so I get to have lunch with them. It's like paradise, man, but you don't get to share it with anybody because you're all sort of in this deserted space, right? Yeah. Yeah, we're all, we're all in our own little uh, international space station uh, <laughs> where, where nobody nobody can hear you scream uh, or something like that. No, I don't know. Nope. <laughs> that's, yeah. for, that's for real, man. That's, that's like the picture in my head, you know? And for those that are uh, out there listening to us, man, just... Keeping keeping in mind that, hey, we're we're almost there is a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. I I can see the tunnel now, right? But um, as our mayor was saying last night, you know, now is not the time to let up and and uh, just give up because uh, it's it's important that you know we continue to do what we need to do to to stop the spread and all this uh, that's going around. But man, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I, I hear you though. Uh, just, uh, sitting here in front of this computer, trying to get things done, make, make, uh, make myself better. My, uh, you, you know, this semester I was, a I was a student on top of a teacher taking the, uh, uh, certificate class to become a, or an instructional design. And so that's, that's coming to a wrap. Uh, I, I, uh, I empathize with my, my students cause I'm ready for this class to be done and, ready to have this certificate and move on. Uh, yeah. And hopefully move into a new phase of, uh, working in higher ed, hopefully becoming an instructional designer, fingers crossed. Yeah. But, uh, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm happy that you, uh, that you're reporting that. I think, I think it's important to, to congratulate you on what you've been able to accomplish you know, in spite of all the, the, the doubt in the air, right. All the, all the, just, uh, in, in terms of, uh, I guess, instructor speak that we see in our, in our world and, and how to get students to, to, to understand that, you know, through their tenacity, through their willingness to just, uh, not, not live in, in, uh, you know, self-doubt, uh, or fear for that matter. Uh, but just living, you know, living the reality that, yeah, it's a challenging time, but, uh, you know, you can still, you can still progress and, and, and meet your goals. Uh, and so that's, yeah. that's one of the things I've learned, man, just by being here every Friday, this is like my golden hour, uh, <laughs> from weeks on in, just getting, you know, getting, had something to look forward to, you know, and I think we yeah. learned, uh, a bit of that about life is that you, you know we've got to put something in front of us to look forward to um but still be able to live in the moment you know and and know that your work matters and you know that that what you're what you're trying to accomplish at the end of the day is is uh you know this 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 opportunity to to just share and, and build on 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 knowledge and perspective Right. Because that's that's what I think a lot of us need at this time. Right. We need we need perspective. Right. We need different points of view. And echoing my students yesterday when we closed it out in, in, in the Zoom sessions, 
it was a beautiful thing to hear students say, you know, I never realized how easy it is to, to put myself out there. And the only thing really standing in my way is me. Right. Because we've got so many tools now. Yeah. And I said, yeah, that's that's exactly what this course should be about is um, the opportunity to show uh, people that they can they can really do something with with themselves. Uh, you know, even if it's starting a podcast or, you know, creating creating some form of content or uh, learning how to write a you know press release or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, that's cool. That's really cool. My, uh, yeah, my classes were a little rough. Uh, I think, uh, well, yeah. Teaching media, media writing for the first time in an all online environment. I think they were, I think, I think they were done with me. Uh, <laughs> they, they wanted to just, they, they wanted to be left alone. There were only 10 of them. And so it's, it was hard cause they couldn't, they couldn't hide. And, but they all, they all kind of shut down to the point where I started, uh, I started just referring to them as the, the gray little boxes in front of me, uh, <laughs> thinking that that would get them to engage, but it didn't, it didn't work. They, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so, uh, I would be, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm humbled by that. And I would be curious to know if there's any, uh, other, uh, faculty out there listening, uh, how, how do you, how do you deal, especially with smaller classes like that? Cause you know, in person, 10, 10 students could really, you could really get some, some cool stuff done. And I feel yeah. like you could do the same thing online, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was tough cause it was the first time teaching that text and teaching that topic. And, <laughs> and, uh, so it was, it was a little rough. We'll, we'll, we'll see, uh, we'll see what comes out of that. Yeah. It was a lot of first of everything, right? Yeah. Too many firsts. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's, uh, it was, it was something I think I saw on Twitter the other day with, uh, uh, someone who had mentioned, I think it was the director of media literacy, Michelle Lumpkin. She said, uh, I just passed through my daughter's uh, room. <laughs> she overheard the Spanish teacher say, oh, there's only 90 of us. So let's go ahead and wait for some more. <laughs> Oh my God. In a Zoom session, man. Yeah. And um, she said something to the effect of, you know, this is just, just you know, uh, an impossible feat, right, for the instructor and the students. You know, how do you do that with 90 plus students? And uh, yeah, I think, I think we could have an entire thread on uh, experiences from the from the faculty perspective, I would love to do a project like that. Um, yeah. Got into some good combo on a Facebook thread the other day where, we, you know, I think it was yesterday. We just talked about, you know, how the, the, the social dynamics of a class compared to another is uh, still a mystery because, you know, some classes they, you, you can't get them to leave and uh, which I had and which was a beautiful thing. Right. But it's, it's nothing. It's, it's, I don't think there's any science to it. It just it's just the dynamics. Um, and then you have the other classes that aren't obviously as engaged or, you know, it, it's kind of like pulling teeth a little bit. Yeah. So yeah. it's good to reflect though. I mean, it's good to figure out, okay, how do we, how do we do this better? And, um, you know, I, I think that's part, part to the position that we've been placed in and in, uh, you know, remote learning. And I see it, from different points of view as well, like uh, with my kids 
teachers and and uh, their mode of instruction uh, kind of gets a little flat ended sometimes because we tend to just you know uh, lecture more so and it's not it's it's not as effective but at the same time what do you do right how do you how do you do that so I'm looking forward to this um, faculty enrichment. Um, hopefully we can stir the pot a little bit with our conversations here to uh, hopefully get some uh, motivation to get more training around how do we survive in this environment, right? And but still meet our learning outcomes and keep the students engaged. And, and you know, it's, uh, it's, it's a bear. No, it's not easy. Yeah. So to say the least. Um, yeah, you know, I was, uh, I was reflecting on, on the semester and, uh, yesterday we, I gave the students, uh, you know, I told them towards the end of October, I said, you know what, um, I'm, I want to do more listening than talking. And, uh, so after the breakout, uh, phenomenon, you know, the breakout rooms got, you know, a little, um, repetitive at times. Yeah. Uh, you start looking for new things, right? It's kind of like being a DJ. You got to go back into the crates and find the right beat, yeah. you know? Definitely. So I kind of try to do some of that and yeah, man, it was, it was working really well for, for one class. And then my others that meet, uh, right after, you know, same, same content, same plan, um, just a different, just a different outcome. So it just, you kind of had to flow with, with the personalities in there. Um, but yeah, I was reflecting on that and, and the students were too, and they, uh, they really appreciate it. As a matter of fact, they really do appreciate the breakouts and especially when we're not in those spaces. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. 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 You know, yeah, I have no doubt that there's a, there's really fun conversations happening. Uh, and I think it helps them too, cause they, you know, they have somebody to talk to, especially if they, uh, you know, they're home alone or home with you know much younger siblings or nieces or nephews they like you know just talking to somebody that's going through the same thing they're going through so yeah that was a that was a thread yesterday it was like yeah this really helped me because i've been here with my parents and family and yeah that gets kind of boring <laughs> yeah that's not coming from me, honey. I'm just saying, I love your conversations with me. I have a lot of fun in case you listen to this 10 years from now. <laughs> <laughs> you no, know, I just, I, you know, that's just putting it out there. There you go. There you go. Um, so our guest today is Philip Morales and I call him Phil and uh, he's a filmmaker, screenwriter, playwright and blogger. Uh, Phil has made a career in utilizing the written word to create compelling stories through a variety of mediums. So he's a, he's a proud graduate of SMU in Dallas and the film school there. He's sharpened his creative production, uh, video production tool sets, a variety of industries that he's worked with, nonprofits. He's currently a production manager in the marketing department of the State Fair of Texas, where he manages email campaigns, video productions, graphic designs, and website content creation. As far as film and TV, uh, early in his college career, Phil had worked as a production assistant on the Emmy Award-winning Dallas Schools television program, Trabajandos Juntos Podemos, while attending film school at SMU. 
and he's written several large screenplays. I actually had a chance to see one of them back in the day, man. It's been it's been a while, but uh, man, he 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 knows how to write these plays, and he's written, directed, produced several short narratives and documentary films. Uh, you can find it on YouTube. He has also written several short and feature-length screenplays, some of which have received awards, including his short screenplay titled The Equation, which received a science fiction short screenplay award. And he's got several pieces, including screenplays and short films. Uh, he's been used in elementary and high school classroom settings as educational tools and lessons to involve inferencing and video production. So Phil has his own company. He's an entrepreneur as well. He has Orle Pictures with intentions on producing his next short film in 2021. And in theater and live production, he has done several projects with Teco Theater in, in, uh, in Dallas and also has a 2015 production called Oral Fixation, which was lit. I watched that one last night. That one was pretty cool. I had never seen that before. And he does enjoy writing slam spoken word poetry and has the opportunity to perform some of it in front of live audiences. As far as journalism, he also has a little bit of background in that with regards to working for Univision Dallas, which is an affiliate uh, channel. He has retained an interest in journalism. He's fostered throughout his career. Uh, he's done some work with a uh, managing online news and lifestyle content and co-produced and directed and edited a film series called Torque y Tacos, which sought to combine automobile reviews with taco restaurant discovery, which then turned uh, into a project that he worked with called Mercado Bilingue, which was a print uh, source, which distributed over 60,000 homes in the DFW area. So that was a pretty long one. He's currently doing something called um, Dad Drivers. It's a website collaboration that focuses on automobile reviews and other dad-related content. So Phil is uh, all over the place, but he is a, uh, to me, he's a big uh, icon in, in the field of, of media, especially in the DFW area. So we uh, just gave the, the probably the best and longest uh, profile and bio of, of our guest and we saved the best for the last uh, podcast of the year 2020 and uh, we want to welcome you Philip uh, you you and I know each other my buddy Mark here is a teacher with me in the mass comm department in Northwest Vista here in San Antonio so welcome Philip Morales all the way from Dallas Texas man what's up brother Howdy, folks. How's it going, brother? It's good to see you, man. It's good to see you in the, in the midst of all this pandemic stuff. And Mark, it's, it's great to meet you, too. Yeah, nice meeting you. Yeah, that is uh, quite the uh, quite the bio. Uh, it's <laughs> it's nice to nice to know somebody else that has uh, uh, a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of pots going, as we as we often say, uh, yeah. we, we stay busy as creatives. Uh, <laughs> right. Doing a little well, bit of everything. I, I, well, like all like all writers, I think I put I probably put too much in there. I just didn't know, you know, yeah, uh, you know what to leave out, what to put in, you know, just to give people a, I guess like a, a round about kind of uh, view of me. So yeah, that I, I didn't want to show I didn't want to sell my family short because you know I'm going to be promoting this to to all the tias and deals you know that might have never listened to my podcast before, right. Even right. though I probably Facebook it all the time, um, this is a this is a direct invitation to uh, to the familia to listen to this because um, this is this is our legacy right here. 
Uh, I don't take this lightly. I think it's a great, uh, a great project that Mark actually uh, had in his mind. And we said, Hey, over the summer, let's, let's do it. Cause he, you know, he had the idea, let's make a podcast, do a podcast. And um, you know, so we're, we're just, we're just thankful, Phil, that you're with us. And uh, one of the premises of our podcast that we've discovered along the way is that students oftentimes get the content, they get the instruction, they do the assignments to meet the learning outcomes. Uh, but at the end of the day, they still have questions, right? They still wonder, hey, can I really do something with my storytell? Can I really do something with video production? We, we have a wonderful set of students every semester. And every time that they uh, stay back after class, it's usually not about uh, the lecture or what they discussed. Uh, oftentimes it's about, hey, do you know like how I can get into industry or how I can do film? So we took it upon ourselves to, to, to bring in professionals like yourself, man, and just, you know, try to give them some light, you know? So that's kind of what we wanted to do today, man. We want to just uh, talk about or have you tell us, you know, what, what were some of the things that, uh, you know, got you started? How did you kind of come about, you know, your, your, your um, creativity um, and, and, and how did you know, you know, instinctively that you wanted to do something that, that uh, exercised your creative writing skills, your, your, your vision, right? Cause I, I've grown up with you. Uh, and, and every time that I used to go, uh, over to spend the night at your house, man. Uh, I always see you writing. I always, <laughs> you just like thinking, bro. And like, right. you have these, these ideas in your head and you want to shoot a, a, a scene. Right. And, and it was just so inspiring, bro. Like, but, but how did you actually get to that place where you say, you know what, I, I need to harness this. I need to do something with this because this is really what is going to make me happy. You know? Right. Well, get, first of all, Tim, I just want to say, Kudos to you and Mark, because I, I, I'm actually a fan of the of the podcast. I've, I've been listening for a couple of episodes, too. So it's a pleasure to be on here w with you guys, especially after listening to some of the past ones and actually learning myself. I, I learned stuff that as a professional, you think you, you, you should always be learning. So I learned some stuff from, from your previous episodes. So it's, it's definitely an honor. Um, cool. but, but to answer your question, like you said, I've I've always just been into into stories, into into telling stories um, any way possible. Uh, I, you know, I like you, like I'm sure you two have. Uh, I grew up on movies. Um, I credit my dad for taking me to the movies when I was when I was a kid, and I and, and I credit my mom for for giving him the time to take me to to go to the movies and, and to and to experience that. Um, so I knew from a really young age that I wanted to to um, to tell stories, um, but I didn't. Uh, to be honest with you, I didn't really know. Um, up until probably uh, when I was in college in in film school, know how what I was going to do with that ability to tell stories. Um, I, as, as you know, I I used to always want to create stuff, even when I was a kid with my you know my VCR camcorders, old dinosaurs you put on your shoulder and, and run around with. I knew that I wanted to do something like that, but I just didn't know specifically um, how I was going to. Uh, venture into the world with that and make a living off of it, um, which is why which is why I went to school for film because I knew that I had a passion for film. And I knew that I, that that could definitely be an avenue to tell stories in. Um, but I, but it wasn't until I, I went to school and. Uh, 
I majored in, in film and creative writing and in journalism. Uh, journalism and creative writing were my minors um, with my major being film. Um, and that really s- sort of opened my eyes to um, realizing that you can tell a story. Uh, um, we live in a great time that we're able we're able to tell the story um, in a lot of different uh, avenues. Um, there's uh, th- there's days when I'll have a story uh, in, my, in, my, in my head, in my mind, um, and I'm trying to figure out what's the best avenue to tell that story. Is it gonna be in the written word? Is it gonna be uh, images on film? Um, is it something that should be a live performance? Uh, there, there's, uh, we, we, we're blessed to live in a time where we're able to have various opportunities in order to tell whatever story that we're, we're aiming to tell. Um, so there's, there's to, to, I guess to answer your question, there's really, um, there was a, a lot of things that were inf- influential in me deciding to, um, to take a creative avenue uh, for my career. But I think that um, probably the biggest one was just um, wanting to tell a story and uh, uh, gaining the skills to really learn how to tell that story effectively, um, and it, it it took a lot of um, it took a lot of uh, absorbing a lot of different t- t- types of media, but also understanding um, how to absorb it. Uh, it Anybody can sit down in front of the TV and watch a movie. That doesn't take any any skill, but uh, it takes a little bit of know-how to um, to watch it and simultaneously break it down um, to see uh, how they constructed it. Understand understanding the story that they're telling, understanding how they told that story. Is it effective? Is it not? Um, I I always laugh when people say that you know you, you, I, I don't my wife especially she'll always gripe at me and tell me just enjoy the movie don't, you don't have to you don't have to deconstruct it um, <laughs> but I but what, what I think is what, what I, that's I think uh, when you get to the to the level that I I, I try to attain um, you can both enjoy a movie and deconstruct it in your head at the same time yeah um, so I think and you, you can apply that to all types of media uh, to um, to a video you see online, to a uh, an article you're reading from the New York Times, um, the, you're, whenever you're consuming media, there's, there's, I think there's, um, you can be deconstructing it, enjoying it, and analyzing it all at the same time. Yeah. Um, so that's something that I learned early on in school, and kind of what drove me to to, to branch out into all the different things that I do. So, yeah. Yeah. That's crazy, man. How our wives say the same thing when we're watching. <laughs> right, I'm sure she does. I know, I, I know Daisy very well, like a sister. And um, <laughs> the, you know, the good thing is, I'm sure she she enjoys doing that to a degree as well. So yeah, visual literacy and media literacy are also, uh, you know, key components to this podcast as well. So I'm glad you brought that up because that's that's huge when when you hear you know, a professional like you say, you know, breaking something down and being able to enjoy it at the same time. And that, that could be any form of media. I had a student yesterday tell me, you know, one of the best things I learned about this class is that I never really took the time to deconstruct a photo or an image, or in, in our case, it was a cartoon. Uh, it was a, it was a political cartoon about the vaccine and uh, you know, uh, someone luring someone out of an apartment to come and take it, which was a, a unique exercise. I'll have to share that with y'all. But, you know, that's the essential skill set, I think, that uh, we need to continue to push in our society, uh, especially after, you know, what we've been through. 
So that's awesome. I'm okay. glad. I'll, I'll let Mark take the next question because, uh, you know, I, I promised myself and then I kind of I'm promising him that I don't want to take over this because I, I just want to <laughs> show some love to my cousin, man. If he's in the house. It's all it's all good. It's all good. Uh, yes. Well, and I, I imagine that it's probably been a while since y'all have seen each other being that yeah, it's 2020. It has. Been. It has so, right? uh, so, no, I, I get that. Uh, yeah, I guess I, I guess I lucked out. Uh, my wife always looks at me and asks me to explain how they did things. Uh, or oh, wow. so that's, that's kind of nice. I guess I, I guess I lucked out. Uh, her yeah. curiosity is fun. Uh, but I had a, uh, I had a professor in college that, uh, obviously had a doctorate and, uh, he said his wife hated to go with him to the movies. And my goal was to not be that guy. So, uh, I would, I, I, from then on knew I wasn't going to get a doctorate in film. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, so, um, yeah, which, which kind of goes into, so we have a nice friendly rivalry going on. Uh, I, I went to the, uh, the, the other school, uh, at, with the, uh, what they call it the I 30 rival rivalry. So, yeah, uh, yeah. We'll go frogs. Uh, we uh, forever have the, uh, iron skillet, uh, cause, cause we, <laughs> we're, we're, yeah, we poured all of our money into our football team. So, uh, you know, be, be that. Yeah, and it shows. So, yeah. And it shows. Yeah, no, yeah. Oh, no, I, 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 and I don't disagree with you necessarily. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, uh, so yeah. Um, so talk ab- about, uh, what you do with the, the state fair, my, uh, my, my wife and, and I, and my son went to, uh, actually went to the state fair. Uh, what was that? two years ago, I guess, three years ago. Um, we, and my parents hadn't been my, uh, my, one of my parents is actually from, uh, Dallas, uh, specifically from, um, now I'm going to blank on the, on the name, uh, Richardson. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, so, so she had gone to the state fair a lot, but, uh, so we really, we really enjoyed, enjoyed our time there. So, uh, tell us about your, uh, what you do with the state fair and how does it tie into, you know, writing and being a creative and all of these different things. Right. Um, so, uh, at the state fair, I, I'm in the marketing department. I'm a, a production manager, um, which is kind of, um, uh, an interesting uh, position because I, I get to touch a lot of different uh, aspects of the company. Um, I uh, I manage um, our email campaigns. Um, I, uh, I help out with any of the of the advertising for each of the fa- each of the, the fairs each year. Um, I, I curate content for, for the website, uh, and of course I uh, I manage the um, the video productions that we do each year. Um, and it's not—it's not necessarily that I do all that f- for the fair. Of course, the fair, the State Fair of Texas, um, our our main event every year is, of course, uh, the fair that everybody knows. Um, but uh, the fair has, has really grown, um, and we host a, a variety of events uh, throughout the year um, that all uh, point back towards our mission. The State Fair of Texas is a nonprofit organization. Um, that we promote um, agriculture uh, in the state of Texas and, and all those that, um, and, and we celebrate the state of Texas, of course, um, through the fair. Um, so uh, being able to do all those things, email campaigns, v- video production, uh, content curation, uh, I get to do that year round uh, for a lot of the, the, the various initiatives that we, uh, that we do. Um, so it, it's, it's, um, it's an interesting job because there's something that uh, every week is, is, is a little different. Um, of course, the majority of my time is spent preparing for the fair. Uh, we we uh, start preparing for the fair the 
the minute the the uh, the fair ends um, that current year. So if we had had a fair this year, um, I would already I, uh, I I'm already uh, um, kind of neck deep in preparing for next year. Um, but as soon as the fair ends every year, we start preparing for the next one. Um, so there's always uh, something to do there. Um, but it's uh, it's interesting for me because um, and everything that I do there, I I get to tell a story, um, whether it's through um, content that I'm curating for an email or um, or developing a, a video uh, to talk about um, some of the various initiatives that we do, we do throughout the year. One of my favorite things that we get to talk about is that we have an urban f- farm there that we uh, that we started back in 2016. Um, we wanted to utilize some of the space there at Fair Park that wasn't being used throughout the throughout the year. Uh, so we started uh, an urban f- farm uh, that uh, grows food in, in our, our giant greenhouse that we have there. Uh, and that food is um, is donated exclusively to uh, organizations within the South Dallas area, which is an area of Dallas that doesn't have, uh, it doesn't really have availability to uh, fresh produce. Um, so uh, I get the fun job of like figuring out how to tell that story to a fair goer who may not necessarily know, you know, most people, they go to the fair and they, you know, they experience the the fun that you can have there. You know, they ride the rides, they eat the corny dogs, they go watch the concerts, they go to our, um, our auto show. Um, But they they may not necessarily know that the money that they're spending there uh, goes to programs like that. Um, I I like to joke with people because there's always people that say, um, you know, I, I go to the fair every year and I splurge on food, and you know, I feel like a, I feel like a glutton because I just go and I buy all this fried food. Um, and I like to tell them, well, um, you know, you're, you can feel better about it because you're going to the fair, you're buying all this fried food, but that money is then going back into the community to uh, to provide fresh produce for somebody else. So, uh, so somebody else is eating a little healthier because you're eating some fried food. That's um, awesome. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. sounds a lot like. Uh... Our fiesta event down here. Everybody, right. uh, especially newbies who who come right. to town, are just like, oh well, it's it's just an excuse for people to to drink and and you know get crazy. And it's like, well, right. no, it it actually goes back to the community. So right, right. Um, uh, and I guess to, to go to, to answer your question about how that I I kind of I, I the. The, the job came at a, at a perfect time for me. I've been uh, with the organization for about five years now. Um, but I think it came at a perfect time because before that, I had uh, uh, an opportunity to just grow um, the various skill sets that I have. Um, uh, I think when I when I first applied for the job, it was uh, mainly um, a content editing uh, position. But um, because I was able to... Uh, produce a video because I knew a little bit about uh, curating content for a website and maintaining a website on the back end. Um, and because I had a little bit of graphic design experience, um, I think that s- sort of allowed me to um, have an opportunity to have that job um, and and get to, to, uh, to mold it to what I specifically am. So now, um, so now of course, it's a ma- a managerial position uh, for the marketing department because I think I was able to, uh, um, you know, to bring to the table a lot of those skills that uh, that uh, that allowed the fair to grow and and, uh, and, to, and for us to, for us to tell new stories, you know, through the fair. So that's what's up, man. That's cool. Yeah. So so what you're saying, Phil, is you're 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 the boss. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm far from the boss, but uh, but the great thing about about working for a, a uh, nonprofit like the fair is that you know you it 
which I think is important for, for, for your students, uh, is um, it, it's, it's nice to work for a, a, a smaller-ish company. Um, there, we have yeah. about 50 employees at the fair. And, and the job I had before this, too, was a nonprofit. And it was even smaller than that. Um, but it, it really... Um, it really allowed me to, to, to be able to bring ideas to the table and to really have those ideas um, really kind of listen to and and, um, and I was able to advocate f- for them and, and really get to flesh out those ideas in, in a meaningful way. Um, whereas there, there's, there's, there's nothing wrong with, with, with working for corporate America and for going uh, going that route. Um, but it, there's something to be said to you working first uh smaller companies and nonprofits and, you know, companies like that, where you can really uh, stress your creative legs a little bit. Yeah. Um, And that's, uh, that's true at the fair. So, yeah. That's cool, man. I've never, I've never really thought about it that way. I always thought, you know, like Mark was saying about the Fiesta issue or the, the, this uh, celebration we have around the city, you know, a lot of these, these uh, organizations, these nonprofits are really involved in, and uh, raising money for scholarships, for um, for different you know initiatives around the city, and um, now now I have a, a a better perspective on on just what the State Fair of Texas does for the community. So that's great. Yeah. That's really cool, man. Um, nonprofits are, are a great place for 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 you to get your feet wet. Um, or uh, and I've listened to some of your uh, previous podcasts. I know a lot of your guests have kind of um, have talked about how they um, had opportunities come up in their careers. And um, I think that's a great way to, even if you're not, even if you're not working at a nonprofit, just volunteering your time um, and your talents somewhere um, can open up a lot of doors and um, can, can, give, can give you experience and open up doors at the same time, which I, agree, which I think is great, especially for, uh, for students or people just out of college or even people just trying to transition to another career, um, just kind of volunteering what gives you passion and introducing your skills up to, to, it, to that industry. Uh, you never know where, where that could lead you. So, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Knowledge bombs all day. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, we, we have another question for you, man. It, it, yeah. it, it's not a job interview, but it's just a casual conversation. Yeah. But uh, so far, I mean, it's been it's been amazing uh, for our listeners to know, you know, especially our students, because we we create content and in, in, in the midst of of having to go fully online, we we've discovered this platform, right? We've discovered a new way to to provide information and, and, and knowledge to students. And I, we've got a lot of great feedback so far from our students. I One in particular yesterday was a huge fan of it. And she was, and Mark, you have you had to have heard this, man. I, I wish you were in the room, in the Zoom room. <laughs> but when she said it, it was like so passionate and, and, and so authentic, right? To the extent of, I was like, you're going to make me cry. <laughs> oh, um, awesome. But it was really cool. And so if for, for, for the students, right. Cause I mean, we can always put ourselves in the shoes of like whenever we were in school, right. You know, accumulating school debt, <laughs> trying to figure right. out, you know, I was in, and for most of us, right. It's like, how am I going to, how am I going to translate this knowledge into something that's, you know, tangible, like a career, a job uh, that, that is going to help me fulfill my, my purpose. Um, but that's kind of where the next question leads us is like, what would you tell our students who are interested in film uh, or media or anything dealing with creative content or creating your own uh, production? What, what, 
what inspired you um, and what I guess what I'm trying to ask here is because a lot of the students think, well, hey, this sounds really cool. I loved I loved the class. I loved learning about the media landscape and, and the different fields. Um, but I, I'm not so sure that that translates into the job market. Right. So so um, what would you tell our students like who are considering um, you know, maybe on the fence, right? About about majoring in mass communications or journalism, film, whatever the university program is, right? Um, and in in such a way that allows them to feel, you know, uh, that they can take a brave step and and say, hey, I really, I, I can see myself, you know, in the job market doing something related to media, uh, whatever it may be. Um, I. I've had the opportunity to to, uh, to talk um, in front of a couple of um, students before, um, and, and I guess what, what I what I tell them um, that I could that I, I I pretty much tell anybody that's that, that's sort of um, looking at their educational career um, is that everybody everybody is a storyteller, and your students that are um, already already taken the step of going to, to college um, have already started started to tell their story um, because they're in uh, because they decided to go to school because they decided to take your class um, because they decided to listen to this podcast or they're, they're they're telling the story of who they are where they're going what they want to do um, and so they uh, they're already on the right path to be able to um, apply their skills to uh, a multitude of, of jobs. Um, I got, um, I, can, I, I went to school for film, um, but uh, I knew that at, at the end of, uh, of my college career, I knew that I wanted to, uh, I wanted to tell stories and I, and I realized that there was a variety of ways uh, to tell that story or, or to tell those stories that, um, that I wanted to tell. Um, so I, I think when you, it, it can be um, a bit of uh, uh, a challenge when you um, you don't necessarily know where you want to fit into uh, communications or roles. You know, you want you you, you like this, this this type of environment. You like this type of industry. Um, but I think if if you hone the skills of uh, of telling a good story. Um, I think that you'll be you'll be valuable in any avenue that you take. Um, you can't go wrong, basically, you know. Um, and that requires you to uh, to do a lot of reading. It requires you to do a lot of um, collaborating with, with with people that that not only um, have the same kind of interest or, or or like the same type of media that you do, but people who who don't like the same kind of things. Um, I often try to seek people who uh, who don't like the same kind of uh, f- films that I do or music that I like um, because um, I want to learn from them um, and being able to uh, to take that information and absorb it is not to say that you have to start to like whatever they like, uh, but you can learn skills from, from those type of people. Um, and I think that that's key when uh, when you're in school and when you first get out of school and you start to work. Um, at, I I knew I knew a lot of people that were in uh, in my film class with me, and, and uh, Mark, you probably can uh, um, agree with this too. I knew a lot of people that were in film school with me that are doing totally different things that they uh, that has nothing to do with film now. Um, totally. But 
but, but I like to think that they learned how to tell a story. It may have, it may have been a story in the frame of a, of a film, but they're telling a story in whatever they're doing now. Um, because in reality, that's all work is. Um, any job you take, you're going to have to, um, you're going to, you, you have to sort of sell something, whether that's your, whether or not you're selling an idea, uh, whether or not you're selling a cause or, or you're selling a product, um, you have to know how to tell a story. So um, even if you're not sure of, 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 of what you want to do or, or if you're not sure of the risk that you're taking if you're going down a particular path, whether that be TV, radio, whatever, um, as long as you learn how to tell a story uh, and learn the components of a story um, and learn how to tell that story to different audiences, um, I think you're, you're going to be in, invaluable in whatever you know, career path you decide to take eventually so um yeah i, I know it's kind of broad you know p- people say that like they're not tell a story and it sounds like really broad but um it, it it's really important um and it, it has a lot to do with with what i said earlier uh, consuming some media but also trying to look at it um in, a, in an analytical way um right. it, it could be enjoyable yeah yeah no i i really appreciate that and i think uh i i think we um we both try to teach our students kind of the, it's not on the syllabus, but the the extra thing we teach is that they're storytellers and that they have stories. And I, I, uh, I kind of wanted to talk about that uh, and, and sort of switch gears a little bit uh, and talk a little bit um, about social justice uh, issues. And specifically, uh, you know, this podcast, we've, uh, we've kind of, we talked about those things a few episodes ago, we talked about uh, diversity in the classroom and things like that. And obviously 2020 on top of everything else has been uh, a new resurgence of, of social justice and things and uh, doing some, some research and some digging, uh, not really digging, uh, but uh, I found uh, some of your work on YouTube. And I found a documentary, uh, a short documentary you put together quite a few years ago. Um, I think uh, it looked like um, probably the early days of the Obama administration. 2010. Right? Yeah, 20. Yeah. Um, and uh, the documentary is called uh, Streets of Protest. Mm-hmm. And uh, it looks like you really covered the um, the what what uh, well what what became to be known as the Dreamers um, mm-hmm. that was coined I think around that time um, and what what ended up becoming DACA um, and so I, I guess uh, you know uh, tell us a little bit about that uh, what are you what are you still doing with those kinds of issues and that that um, the the Dreamers and things like that um, and and how you know. Is that still, I mean, is that still important to you? And how, how are you, you know, exploring that? Sure, sure. Um, it's, it's, it's crazy to think that I, that I started that project back in 2000, and I think believe 2008, and I finished it in about 2010. Um, and that we're still kind of going through something similar you know, in our, our, our modern day. It's, it's interesting that, um, that you never, it just goes to show you never know what you're going to capture that can will have relevance uh, for years to come. Um, but yeah, I'm glad you were able to see that. Um, that, uh, that was a bit of a of a passion a passion project for me. And and, and honestly, it was something that um, I knew that I, I I wanted to participate in that, and it was something that I believed in. Um, but. Uh, I'm always coming to to, uh, to projects, and and it might be because I have a little bit of, of um, history in journalism. I'm always coming to those kind of projects, um, not necessarily how I would look at it, but how someone else would look at it. Um, I, I even though 
uh, I could have sh shown my passion for that for that cause by going to the march and participating in it. Um, I chose to go with a camera and with a crew and um, to capture it so that um, anybody who just was just interested in it could uh, could see it. That's why I made sure to go. There was a small opposition protest going on. I made sure to go and, and capture some of that because I wanted to to tell all the sides of that of that story. Um, uh, so it. it I, it was interesting in that I was able to um, to, to capture that, uh, and then it, when it's a combination of two different protests. Uh, so the uh, the second one, um, I, I went at it with a little bit more preparation than I did with the, the first protest, honestly. Uh, and it just turned out that it, um, they had a lot of similarities. Um, uh, it, it it was it's funny that it was during an age where uh, cell phones really hadn't come. Um, to the uh, quality that they are now, yeah. uh, so almost anybody with a, with a camera can kind of film something and and produce something worthwhile. Um, but uh, it, it still took um, some, I guess, uh, a little bit of foresight to, to to know what I was going to capture during that protest and, uh, and to make something out of it. Um, and I, it's funny because I wrote a. Um, it's funny you bring that up because I wrote a. Uh, a monologue uh, uh, recently, um, because a lot of the protests that are happening now, um, I, I always have the urge to run out with a camera and, and go in and and film it. Um, but I'm a father now, um, and uh, I know my wife is always a little apprehensive about that. She's like, you know, we're not young anymore. We can't just go run out and and, <laughs> and, 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 and get in a potential harm's way, or you know, or or get arrested because you're 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 trying to get a shot. I'm the kind of filmmaker that wants to get into the certain angles where I get a good shot. And even if a police officer tells me to move, I may not move. So she knows <laughs> how I am. And so uh, she, she kind of keeps me back from that. Um, and even just that, 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 that idea of not being able to go out because of the pandemic right, right now. And because of the fact I'm, I'm a father now and I have other responsibilities, not being able to go out to every protest right now that's going on and, mm -hmm. and film it is a strange idea to me. So I had to write something about that and how that made me feel. Um, but, uh, but luckily I have other ways to kind of, uh, fuel that, um, that passion. I'm, I'm really big into documentaries. Um, I'm hoping to one day, um, to do a lot more. Um, but, uh, one of the great things about working at the fair is, um, I, I get to do s smaller things like that. For instance, I, the first year I was there, I got to do, uh, a sort of a mini documentary on a, an individual, um, uh, in South Dallas that was wrongly incarcerated. Now he's out. He has started a nonprofit um, for people that were in similar situations. Um, so I got to do a miniature version of that. Um, so I'm blessed in that I'm able to do that for a living and still get to fuel my, um, you know, my desire to, f to film things that are of, of importance. Um, I love to go see a movie that's a big blockbuster popcorn, you know, uh, like waste of time. But I, I love, I also love that uh, film can uh, can capture important moments in, in history and and kind of keep it uh, so that so that future uh, film watchers can really be impacted by it. So. That's great. Yeah, that's that's great, man. That's uh, yeah. that's amazing. Uh, the commentary around that is is it reminds me of of the work that we do, and sometimes we lose sight of of our you know uh, of the effect, right? The impact 
that a documentary can have or a, a written piece can have on policies, right? And and so I think that's one of the the the, the most interesting things to stress to to uh, future media content providers is is that you know the work that we do is is uh, can be very impactful. So that's awesome, man. Hey, tell us about the the documentary you wrote something about you have something that you're working on that you want to uh, hopefully release in in the next year or so yeah so that's not that that's not necessarily a documentary but it's you know it's kind of got a little bit of um i'm always drawn from from my history um and um i have a uh it's more of a narrative uh type of piece but um uh i'm i I'm drawing from, from from some situations that that are are are, are current in, in our time, um, and it's not quite formulated to the point where I, I can really talk about that. It would make sense, but um, but um, I I am also trying to uh, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna be adventurous in the new year, um, which I think is important for any artist to be to to kind of get outside your comfort zone. Um, I'm gonna. Uh, Take my first attempt at writing a graphic novel um, in, in, oh, cool. in 2021. Um, I've never I've never written one. I, I uh, I'm a fan of, of a lot of them, so um, I yeah. figured that uh, you know that I love to write, so it's a great way to to kind of t- to tell the story. And I'm, I'm using and you'll appreciate this, uh, Tim. Um, it's about um, female sisters who are um, impactful to their nieces and nephews. And you can, <laughs> you can pretty much guess where that comes from. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, you know, uh, me and Tim have a lot of uh, influential Dias and Dios, and they were a really, um, um, I think they made an impact in our lives growing up. Uh, so I want to tell a story around that. Um, Absolutely, for, man. Yeah, for my nieces and nephews, for something for them to, uh, uh, to enjoy. I mean, because we, I mean, might as well draw from our own experiences, right? And, and kind of yeah stories. Um, yeah. yeah, I would love to. I would love to read that, man. And yeah. uh, I, I, I'll be a probably your biggest uh, cheerleader aside from your immediate family, you know. And oh, yeah. that's that's uh, you always are. If I <laughs> if you don't mind, if you don't if you don't mind me sharing, you've always been a bit of a cheerleader in that you actually uh, performed in some of my early early back in the day like video productions when i was just practicing just to get uh some practice behind me you know uh tim was was nice enough to you know just give me a little bit of his time and uh, allow me some some actors to, to stand in for me um so that's cool uh, we'll, we'll have to bring that full circle one day and and uh, and have you in a production again now so hey man sign me up bro i i, I always i've always enjoyed that you know, for some reason, Joey, Joey, my brother, he always, uh, you know, who has got the lead role, but I was a little jealous of that. <laughs> I think because I, I think he just like uh, he I feel like he he uh, he uh, he wanted that role. And I feel like he, he still can do that role. Um, but now it's going to be uh, like, you know, you, you two would get equal billing on the, on the marquee for sure. So <laughs> let's do it, bro. It'd be, it'd be a different it. story. Uh that's really cool, man. So, uh, so another project that you, uh, you, you seemingly started and are, are working on is, uh, yeah. so there's a website out there, uh, daddriver.com that, uh, uh, upon looking at it, it, it's, um, 
it's it's what it says, right? It's uh, information for dads about uh, cars with car reviews. Um, yeah. And, you know, it looks like there's an opportunity for growth with other dad stuff. So my one question as a dad also, um, so we've got the... Uh, We've got the SUVs. We've got the like crossovers. Where's the Where's the dad van review? We need the dad <laughs> right. van review. Right. It's, it, it, it's <laughs> funny you said that because um, uh, pretty soon coming up, I'm going to have a chance to, to, to review a van for, for one of the major uh, um, manufacturers. And that's probably what I'm going to do is um, uh, I'm probably going to see if I can safely gather some dads and kind of uh, get their opinion on on, on, on the vehicle. Um, because I think that the van is, is one of those vehicles where uh, – where a lot of dads are going to have to be convinced to uh, to ride in one, you know. Um, I, I don't know if I if I could drive one or not, but uh, there, there's some pretty cool vans out there now. Like they they stepped up their yeah. game on on, on on what they offer now. So uh, you know, yeah, knows, it could be something that, that What's the spin is on it, man. It'd be all right, right, <laughs> right. <laughs> my uh, yeah, well, and I I say that because my my wife and I are kind of in the process of of uh, shopping either a minivan or a, an SUV with a third row because. We don't have a car to, to transport the whole family because we we live next to or we not next to but neat very close to my parents, and so we don't have a way to transport everybody if we want to want to do something. Right. So, yeah. Right. Right. Well, if it, if I do get a van and, and anytime soon, and I'm able to, to make a road trip out of it. I'll, I'll definitely gonna head to San Antonio and get y'all's opinion All on right. something like that for sure. And and it's funny that. I'm glad you brought that up because that's a great example where you guys were asking earlier. Um, I, I I had I never thought I would do anything like that. I've always had a passion for cars and I love cars. Um, it, Tim, uh, you know, I remember even as a kid, um, kind of looking at the things that Tim had. Um, I, I, I know you guys had a sleek cutlass growing up. Yeah, um, and, and that's and, and we I've, we've always had passion for cars, but I never thought I was going to do. A, uh, auto reviews, but um, when the opportunity arose, I, I, I took a chance and I already knew how to write. So I figured why not apply it to, uh, to this field. Uh, and it took a while, it, you know, I, I didn't, it, it took me a couple of years before I was able to build up to the point where I would get cars to review. Um, but I kept at it and I kept writing and um, now I'm to the point where I, you know, I, I get invited across the country to, to, to preview cars and um, it's just, it, it, it's an interesting little side gig. And I, um, I used to get, uh, I used to have some kind of a monetary gain from it uh, when I worked in in uh, printed publications. Um, but now that I'm doing it on my own, um, I, there's there's not no real monetary gain for me. But it's something that I just enjoy doing. It keeps me on my toes on my writing, um, and it keeps me on my toes as far as like creating content. How am I gonna this new vehicle I'm gonna review this week? How am I gonna um, apply it? Uh, uh, to other dads who are looking for something similar, you know. So, am I going to do a video review? Am I going to do written review? Um, so it's uh, it's it's been uh, an uh, interesting uh, kind of a uh, side gig to do, um, and it, I do it just for fun. But um, it's it I like the dad angle because there's a lot of there's a lot of things to uh, to explore with that. I'm having to learn about car seats and how to hook them in and, 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 yeah, just, man. you know, all this, yeah. the safety stuff. It's, it's a lot. Uh, you've been, you're all had it this time, but I, I'm going to need that. And it's still, it's still a struggle for me for sure. So, hey, hey man, the, the day that you can get rid of at least one of those car seats, 
um it's it's yeah <laughs> the whole new you're, world you're, right? gonna, you're gonna love it bro it's just gonna get in the car yeah. uh, and even now are... like we we have one who's still in 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 the booster seat but it's like he can when they can buckle themselves bro right yeah, yeah. <laughs> saves you a lot of time for sure yeah <laughs> those booster seats are real easy to take in and out and put in grandma's car and it's 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 the life it's the life Right. But, I understand but, now. I understand now why um, Honda, I think it's Honda that has a, a, a vacuum built into their van, like in the back. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, well, for sure. But but definitely hug her and kiss her while they're young and and, and little. Uh, she's precious, man. I, I see her on social media and you post and it, it's uh it's it's wonderful and then it's uh gut wrenching at the same time because you just want to reach out and 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 hug them right? right uh especially over the last 10 months man I, I was telling mark earlier that this has been like being on a deserted island like life is great i don't have to commute uh i got my kids with me right. um but you're not you know you don't have your family to enjoy it with but it, we'll get we'll get back to it man and not i, I want to promise you one thing because uh i know that uh, we're eventually going to see an end to this this whole thing. Um, that you'll be one of the first people on my list to go and see uh, when I go back up there for sure. And I, and I can't wait for the day. I, I seriously can't. You have a great family, so I, I, I'm definitely I'm missing that. Um, yeah, and this has been uh, this has been really cool. Um, is there anything that you want to share with us, Phil, that you get, didn't get a chance to, or or where can where can students find you uh, if they want to explore your work and, and maybe reach out to you at some point? There is, but if you don't mind, do you mind if I ask you guys a, a quick question? Sure, sure. Um, uh, so I. I always like to ask people. I'm sure you. I'm sure you guys always get the question, "What your favorite movie is?" Oh yeah. Which I think is a little bit of a weird question. Nobody has like a favorite movie. So what I tend to, I like to ask is, "What what movie are you? Um, uh, are each y'all like a little bit like slightly embarrassed to like?" Because I think that says a lot about people. And and I don't mind offering up mine first. So okay. Um, <laughs> one movie that I'm, that, I, that I'm a little bit embarrassed to talk about that I like is Clueless. You know the one with uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Alicia Silverstone. No, that's a good, awesomely my, bad movie. Absolutely. Right, right. I I credit my. Uh, my sister and my cousin Jessica and Jessica and Christina, my sister, because they love that movie and they'll watch it. Um, and so I kind of got into it. And now, anytime it's on cable and I'm passing by, I'll sit there and I watch, you know, a, a couple of minutes of it. Um, but even with that, like it's a, it is a great movie. It's a great adaptation of a Jane Austen novel. So it, uh, there's some good stuff to it. So do y'all have what do y'all enjoy that that maybe you're like slightly embarrassed to enjoy? I had to think about it first. I'm gonna let Mark answer that because I got to think about that one. <laughs> well, so so one for me. I, I actually have a a, a movie poster uh, hanging uh, in my office, and uh, it, it, I don't know. I think there were two camps on this movie, but I feel like the louder camp was the people that hated this movie and tore it up to pieces. Um, but I'm a huge Will Smith fan and I really loved collateral beauty from a couple of years back, uh, which was, which was kind of a modern retelling of, um, and like a reimagining of a Christmas Carol kind of 
Really? Uh, but it got torn to pieces. It's a horrible <laughs> film. And I was really sad because I'm like, how do you, you people don't have a heart. Like, who? <laughs> how can you hate this movie? But I mean, I guess I get it. Uh, but uh, but so that's 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 one of mine. Um, I haven't seen it. I have to watch it. Yeah, that's it, it's really good. It's really good. Uh, but it okay. got it got crapped on. It yeah, it, it's it was <laughs> bad. I was sad. Um, it's all subjective, man. It's all. But that's probably man. that's probably one of my uh, I guess one of my guilty pleasures. Great, great. I didn't get to the list. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll, I'll tell you a funny story. I guess I have one that it it's way back in the crates, man. It's. But, you know, it's funny as uh, I got, you know, Showtime free for, well, I think it was like seven days. I forgot to take it off. So I got, I guess, I guess I owe, <laughs> but <laughs> don't tell my wife that. Uh, she's not listening. <laughs> she's real big about that. She's like, are you going to sign up? Make sure yeah. you set a reminder. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll do that. And I had sure to subscribe to Hallmark this year. So I know all about that. Yeah. Yeah. For my wife. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, yeah so it ends up on showtime and i'm like so excited that it's there and it's a movie called rad it came out in 1986 okay and uh it's a total like b-list movie right it's uh i don't even know the names of the actors anymore but uh adrian from rocky came on it as the mom uh uh-huh. i think that was the only and she had a very minimal part in the movie so I ended up trying to show this to my kids uh, like two weeks ago. I'm like, made an event about it. Like, hey, on Friday, we're going to watch this movie called Rad. <laughs> and uh, I had told my brother about it because he and I grew up on this film. And, you know, it's about BMX uh, racing and, and, you know, this this cat that's not even in the sport. He ends up you know and you guys probably seen it i don't know why i'm describing it to you but (laughs) man it was a total flop in my household man (laughs) my wife hadn't seen it um it was pg and it it threw a couple of uh you know a couple of incidents where i had to you know push mute really quick i was like oh i forgot they said that (laughs) and my my wife's looking at me like you your dad let you watch this (laughs) hey it was the 80s you know yeah. <laughs> yeah, the the MPAA was uh, very yeah. uh, very lenient in the eighties. Right, yeah. were. I remember were. that. So that was my movie, man. It was uh, I, I would sit and watch it again. You know, I probably need to go watch it before my subscription goes away. <laughs> so. Right. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, that's that's good. We ended up fast forward. You're like, that is boring. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly why I like asking this question because see I, I got like these two movies that I, I'd never seen before uh, you know most people like movies that m- mostly other people like so yeah. it's easier to say something that you've already seen but now I've got two on my list that I want to watch now and it, it, it comes up with some good conversation so th- th- I appreciate you answering that for me I, I really do yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah no problem no yeah thanks um, yeah I still remember um, Judgment Night at your house oh that's a that's a yeah movie right I, there. I still like that movie and I honestly I thought you were gonna when you I thought you were gonna say um Big Trouble in Little China because I remember <laughs> you had that copy of VHS and we used to watch that a lot at your house too you sure so. did yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah I remember that yeah <laughs> yeah um but yeah so thanks for answering that um but to answer your question Tim um uh I um Yes, uh, you guys mentioned daddrivers.com. That's where I'm doing a, a lot of my uh, my writing online right now. Um, I'm on Twitter. That's where that's kind of my social media of choice at PM62. Um, 
uh, all the work that I do for the state of Texas uh, is you can mostly see it on our, our YouTube channel. So that's uh, we're, we're on YouTube. If you, you search state fair of Texas, we're there. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Um, uh, I, I, of course, I'm also on, on YouTube and, and uh, Vimeo, uh, if you search uh, for my name, you'll, you'll pop up. That's where, yeah, hopefully, whatever, next time I get to do something, uh, a film production um, that uh, I, I can put together, if this, if this pandemic will end soon, um, that's where I'll, I'll put that stuff up so um nice nice man well it's been uh it's been amazing to to sit and talk with you uh and for our students i'm sure to hear your story and we just uh are really grateful for the ride that we've been on and uh this was our last podcast for 2020 and i'm going out i'm going out on the the last one i appreciate it yes right we (laughs) saved you for the last and and uh it was definitely a, a great experience to sit and talk with a media professional someone who's uh, eclectic, who's so creative. Uh, I was, you know, just reflecting on, on, you know, you have people in your lives that, uh, you know, inspire you to, to reach for more and to expand yourself. And uh, thankfully, you're one of them, bro. You're Thank one you, of those bro. people Thank in my so life. Much. So I appreciate you being here. Thank you. Um, I really appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. And you inspire um, me too now, like with this podcast and, and what you guys are doing. You guys do some really good, important work. I, if, if I was a student nowadays and my professors had podcasts like this, I would totally be on that. You know, your, your students don't know how, how lucky they have it. So I hope they appreciate that. <laughs> yes. Maybe, maybe uh, in 20, 2021, Tim, we can uh, get some get some students involved and get them on the shows. Oh, that would be, it, man. That'd be awesome. I, I, yeah, because they're the future of, uh, they'll be producing the media when we're we're old and in nursing homes. They're going to be the ones that are going to produce in the media that we watch. So <laughs> I want to see what they got planned. That's right, bro. Let's, let's keep it going. Right, exactly. <laughs> all right. Well, that calls it a day. That's our show for 2020 uh, for all our listeners out there. Um, you know, happy holidays, uh, better days ahead. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. So we wanted to thank our listeners. Uh, this is our last episode for the semester. Uh, Tim and I will hopefully be back next semester. Uh, please feel free to let us know um, topics you'd like us to cover, people you'd like us to try to interview, um, or any other information you'd like us to cover. In uh, kind of a wrap-up for this uh, semester, for this season, uh, the winner and the most listened to episode was the strategic communications episode with Melissa Monroe Young and Lisa McDaniel. So uh, pat yourself on the back for that. Um, NVC should be proud. And uh, again, thank you for listening. And we hope you continue to listen to the future. Goodbye.